I mentioned last week we're going to start this fast, a time of prayer and fasting. Many, uh, the next 21 days, many people do this at the beginning of the year. They do in January and they start, but I didn't feel to do that this time. But I was really feeling led to do this fast leading up until Easter Sunday. And I want to invite you guys to be part of this fast and pray and fast how you feel led to do that. Uh, We're going to be praying for spiritual breakthrough for this church, for our church to be taken to another level. Amen. Uh, another level. What that looks like, I'm not totally sure yet, but I know, like, like the lenses we talked about, God has something in his heart and his mind he wants it to look like, and it's, we're not quite there. We're not there. Uh, I just know we're not. I want to be at the place where the things that have been prophesied over this house for 100 plus years, I want to be there. Where we're bringing, or I, don't, I don't know what it all looks like and how it's going to happen. I don't really care how it happens. God gets the glory. But I know if we're going to have answers to things we don't know about, we have to go to God for those answers. We can't just Google search, what do they do at Bethel Church? What do they do in uh, Australia? What do they do over in this church down the road? We, we can't copy what someone else is doing. God has an ordained plan for each church house, and we have to press in and find out what God wants it to look like for us. Amen? Copycat isn't going to get the job done. Copycat is not going to break demons off people's lives. Okay? It just isn't going to happen. So we're also believing God for wisdom. In, uh, we're also, oh, sorry, we're believing God for uh, marriages, families in this church, and our community to have breakthroughs. Because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the mess. I'm tired of the, the junk. I'm, ti- I'm tired of the devil coming after our families. And then we just sit back, well, I hope it all works out. I think we can be more aggressive than that. I think we can be more uh, persistent in that and break these spiritual, there's spiritual assignments against our families. The devil wants to kill your children. He wants to kill your husband, your, your family. He wants to destroy marriages and homes, not just through media, through demonic spirits and principalities and powers. And we have authority over them. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places far above these things. But if we just sit there and twiddle our thumbs and don't know what the Father's saying, not saying what he's saying, how are we going to partner with what he's doing? There's, there's secrets, there's mysteries that we don't know that God wants to whisper in our ear so we can partner with what he's doing and we see change. I'm going to show you this in this message. You can't, you can't shout about it yet or you're nervous to shout or whatever. Uh, I pray God just liberates us from, from shyness and quietness. Because it's time for us to have a voice, amen? And if we can't, we, we can't do it in this house, where are we going to do it? <laughs> amen? Amen. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm also believing God for wisdom, understanding, revelation, knowledge be released to us as we need it. Wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and all I get and get understanding. If we need clarity on something, we need wisdom for direction or something in our lives, something for what's going on, whether it's in our marriage, our home, going to college, whatever it's for, we need wisdom. I'm believing God for that wisdom to be released to us individually as we press in in prayer and fasting, asking God these questions. Do you want to know? Do you want to know? Do you believe there's more? Amen? Do you believe there's more? All right. I'm going to push you a little bit because I can't have just three of you saying yes here. All right? If there's not more, then, man, we are the ho- most hopeless bunch on the planet. We're, like Paul said, we would be pitied among men. If there's nothing more than this, then something's missing. Either we have the power of God in our lives or we don't. But if there's something blocking it from moving like it should, then we need to press and find out what it is. Amen? So another thing I want to pray and fast for is our nation. Like I said a minute ago, uh, also our, not just our nation, but the nations around the world, also our state. But we are one nation under God. I don't care who likes it. It's just the truth. We are. And actually every country is because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. 
He made it out of his own breath. And you can't make something, you can't create anything today without it being created from something God created. <laughs> Amen? He made it all. So this world needs a breakthrough. This country needs a breakthrough. Our state needs a breakthrough. Our region needs a breakthrough. Even though Avery County and surrounding counties are probably uh, more conservative, more Christian than a lot of other counties around, we still need more of Jesus in our county, in our region. We need a breakthrough. We need a worldwide revival of what God is wanting to do in our planet. And, on this, in this, and I think the time is now. I really do think the time is now. Not just because things are going bad. There's a lot of things that are going good. A lot of things we just don't hear about all the time. But God wants to do things in us and through us. We're the Apostle Pauls now. We're the Peters. We're the James, Johns, and Andrews. We're the Marys and Marthas. We are, we are alive on this planet to do something for God. Amen? That's why we're here. So summary, what we're praying for, our church to go to another whole level, um, that we'd move into things once prophesied over this house. There's prophecies from 1905 and before. Uh, I have as many of them as I know about written down, and it's time. You mentioned building the buildings and the expansion of stuff. That's not time yet, but it will be time. But but how we're going to be ready for that time is by going through this time the right way God wants us to do it. There's something has to be put in the inside of us that we can't have one word of discouragement. I was like, I guess it's not going to work. There has to be a fighting spirit come into us that's going to pull this thing into this next generation. Something that's not going to quit or give up just, well, I guess I'm tired. I guess it's not going to work. I guess it isn't God's will. No, we're also battling religious spirits over this region that don't want us to break through in the spirit realm. It's just true, okay? It is just true. Not that they're greater, the religious spirit is greater, but it's a factor. Amen? God's always greater. It doesn't matter what the devil's name is or what demon's name is, whatever. God is always greater, but we got to partner what he's saying. It's sometimes easier to hear what the religious spirit is saying than to hear what God's saying if we don't press in and listen closely for his voice. So two, so we're leaving for a breakthrough in this church, a breakthrough in our homes, our marriages, our families, and the families of the community. It's not enough just for our marriages to be going good. We want more. We want more around us. And the, spirit, the same way the demonic spirits can have influence in regions, the Holy Spirit and his angels can have influence in regions. Once we open a portal in heaven, I don't know if you guys look, once we open a spiritual portal through prayer, if you will, lack of a better word, it also influences our region. You've driven into places before, good and bad, like, whoa, you can feel the presence of God here just driving through sometimes. And you can sometimes feel it in the opposite way. Another thing, wisdom, understanding, and revelation being released, whether it's for work for business, for finances, for your home, for your children, for whatever it is you need, wisdom, understanding, it comes and we press into God for prayer and fasting and also breakthrough for our country. So is Pastor Ryan just saying these things or is there a biblical precedence for these things happening in Scripture? Am I just this pie in the sky, fantasy island idea that Pastor Ryan's going on now or is there a biblical precedence for these things to shift through prayer and fasting in the Bible? I'm going to show you that there is. All those things I mentioned and then some. Think about uh, Acts chapter 4. Peter and John were arrested for healing a lame man. There's a horrible crime, isn't it? They're arrested. They're, uh, my gosh, the guy, isn't, he's in his 40s, hasn't walked in his life, and he, they healed him by the power of God, and they get arrested. And these rulers, elders, scribes, chief priests, and all these people gathered around them. How'd you do this? How'd this happen? They told him it happened in Jesus' name. They didn't want to hear that because they just killed him. Uh, you know, anyway, and they said, you cannot preach in his name anymore or else. They threatened probably to kill them, to arrest them, who knows what. They said, you're going to stop this or else. 
It says they threatened them severely. So right then, Peter and John had a choice to make. Are they going to quit preaching and go back to fishing? Or are they going to press in to pray? Press in for prayer. So we know what they did, Acts 4. They prayed something like this, 4, 29 through 31. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Just through the name. Amen. The power in the name. And, uh, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. I would say that experience took their church to another level, wouldn't you? Uh, Peter and John were the ones arrested. They were the ones that came back and called this prayer meeting. We don't know how many were there. It doesn't say. But everyone in the house were in one accord, and they, fast, they, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit so much the whole building shook. Now, praise God, our church can handle that now. Back a number of years ago, I'm not sure we could have handled that shaking. <laughs> I don't know if the building would have made it. But it's a little more stable today, praise God. But their whole building shook, and they all were so filled with the Holy Spirit and power, boldness. Boldness is one of the signs, there's many signs in the Bible, of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this isn't the first time they were filled, because they were already filled in Acts 2. So you might have had an experience in second grade. You might have had an experience when you first got saved, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? You need another one. If they needed another one, Peter and John needed another one. We need another one. Amen? Another infilling, empowering of the Holy Spirit to go do the works of the ministry. And we're going to need boldness to do that. Not, well, I hope you're not offended. The gospel is an offense to those that are perishing. The Word of God is offensive. We're saying that they're living in sin. We're saying this stuff is not good. We're, whatever we're saying, we're got, we also got to tell them, though, for sure, uh, the message of reconciliation, that God's not counting your sins against you anymore. Yeah, this is sin, but guess what? God's not counting it against you anymore because all the punishment went on Jesus. Amen. So I'd say that took their church to another whole level, wouldn't you? And that prayer meeting impacted their entire church, that entire region, and impacted the world even to this day. They could have said, I'm not, I'm, you know what they did to Jesus? I don't, I don't want to hang on that cross. I don't want them beating me like that. Did you see what they did to him? I don't want to do that. I, I'm going back to fishing. I'm not, I'm not going to handle that. But that's not what they did. Because they prayed and asked God for more boldness. God gave it to them. And, they, and thank God for that. What would the world look like today if they didn't give boldness? They went fishing. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, all right, the second one. Is there biblical precedence for breakthroughs in our homes, marriages, and families in our communities? Well, let's look at Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. I need some water. If you guys haven't, I don't know if you guys have read this in a while. Isaiah 58 is a pretty amazing chapter of the Bible. The title is uh, Fasting in a Way That Pleases God. We'll start at verse 3. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate, and you strife with the, with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it the fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush? And to spread out sackcloth and ashes, would you call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? So God's saying here, 
you guys look like you're doing it right. You got the sackcloth, you got the ashes on, you're bowing your head down low, you're doing this, these things, but, you're filled, you're, but your heart's not right. You're filled with strife, debating, unforgiveness, striking people with their fist, exploiting people in their fields, it says. He said, would you call this a fast? Is this an acceptable type of fast you want? I remember one time I was uh, fasting, I, was, uh, I did a Daniel fast years ago, and uh, I was going without the food, but I was, my rest of my routine was still the same. I was watching TV, doing my other stuff, and I was, was two, three days into the fast, and God's like, if this is how you're going to do the fast, I'd rather you just stop right now. In the middle of my TV show, it might have been commercial, I might have paused it or <laughs> muted or something. It was like, right, just as clear as that, if this is how you're going to fast, you might as well stop right now. He's like, if you're not going to spend more time with me, this is useless. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, it, was just, I mean, it was honestly that clear. There, there, just because we fast doesn't mean we're doing it the right way. If you still have hatred in your heart and strife, debating, striking people with your fists, exploiting employees, examples he used, this is in our heart. God wants to do a work in our heart. Amen? And when we fast and go without food for a season, guess what he's gonna, who he's going to talk, talk about first? It isn't going to be the president. It isn't going to be uh, this country or that country. It's going to be you. It's going to be every single time. I don't care if you've been saved 100 years. He's still going to talk to you about you. And not necessarily there's something wrong or whatever, but just, I want you to do this. Or I want you to go here. I want you to bless this person. So then goes, God, goes on, God goes on to tell them after this what he wants the fast to look like and what he wants the fast to accomplish. Now, this is the heart of God from the Old Testament, and it hasn't changed. You think of Jesus when you read verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Guys, this is the will of God in our homes, in our marriages, in families, in our communities, is to break these things, to break it. To break the loose and break the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. And guess what? We're going to get through there as we seek God's face in prayer and fasting to find out what He wants us to do differently. Why we're not seeing the change we want to see. Why we're not seeing the breakthrough like we want to see. Amen? That was weak. I'm just going to say, Amen? I know you love your meat and your steak. I do too. I mean, I do. I really do like it. I'm going to miss it for 21 days. I'm not going to have meat. I had some last night because last day. But, but you know what? I do like it. But the next day I want more. Or the, ne- or the day after, whatever, I want more. It's never satisfied. I'm always going to want more food. And, but the reality is, but I want breakthrough more. Yeah, my life is good. My family is doing well. We have some struggles like everybody else does. But I want more. I'm glad we're doing the wells. I'm glad we're doing the stuff. I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad what God's doing. I'm thankful for all the, the good things. But I want more. It's not enough. There's people all around us that are dying. We don't know their names. We don't, maybe we do. And they need an encounter with the power of God. And someone is going to have to sacrifice something that it might not be for their family. Sacrifice something for somebody else so they can help somebody else get the breakthrough that they need. Someone's going to have to sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed for us. We're going to have to sacrifice. It's going without some things. Look at verse 7. It says, Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? He's still talking about how, how to fast. So the food you're not eating, you can give it away. And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. Have somebody over. When you see the naked, that you cover him. And not hide 
yourself from, their, from your own flesh. So it's not just about going without food, but it's helping others in need. That's the kind of fast he's talking about. It's partnering with the heart of God to see things that we haven't seen. You might have someone right beside you that could be going hungry, just near you down the road or something, that doesn't have much for clothing or has some kind of spiritual need or some kind of physical need. But he covered both, both in verse 6 and 7. He covered the physical need of food and clothing, and he talked the spiritual need of loosening them from the bonds of wickedness, the heavy burdens oppressed and yokes, and God desires for us to help you with both, with all of it. And we can't do that without the power of God. Amen. I am not talking about works. I might, you might be here, come on, Pastor, you've preached grace here for 15 years, and I have. And I'm not backing down for it. it it's the gospel of grace. It is. We can't earn it. But it's about positioning our hearts to hear what God's saying and doing. It's, and we're spending like, you know, five hours a day getting our food ready and eating and 10 minutes a day with God. I mean, why, it might be why we're not knowing what to do. Well, God, I just don't know what to do. Well, guess what the recipe is for? Humble yourself under his mighty hand. Get, seek his face. You'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me in your free time. When you seek me when it's convenient. When you seek me on, on the side, when you've done everything else on your list of do's, and then you have this 10-minute window here, that's when you'll find me. Is that what it says? God's a jealous God. He is, okay? And it's seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Okay, if you don't have an answer to a question, guess what? You have the ability to get the answer, but you're going to have to press in and stop being lazy. That's for me too. I'm not saying it to you. I'm saying it like all of us, all y'all and me. All right, we can be spiritually lazy. Amen. I like to uh, go through Netflix sometimes too and, and binge watch a show or something and just do nothing sometimes. But guess what? That's not going to get me the breakthrough I need. It's not going to get me the breakthrough I need for someone else either. Look what happens in verse 8. Then your light shall shine forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. When? When you fast the right way. When you fast the right way, you're going to say, hey God, here I am. Just like that, like, you're like, where is he? I feel like my prayers aren't going past the ceiling or whatever. Guess what? You've got a breakthrough in the heavenlies. You've got a breakthrough in the spirit realm to get access to the things that you need sometimes. And part of the reason is because of the oppression in the spirit realm that we're, we're battling right now. So one way we're going to win is by prayer and fasting. Amen? Amen. Amen. I hope you like this. Good. It's good food for you, but it's going to be about you dying to you. Dying to flesh. It is. And it's not fun. I mean, this sermon is about as popular as I probably won't have any views on it <laughs> or likes online because it's, because everyone likes to eat. We like our flesh, right? But I'm telling you, if we want something more, we got to do something different. It's like the, day, the definition of stupidity. You know, you keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. Well, guess what? It's time to stop being stupid in the church. We need, there's people literally dying and literally going to hell. We have the answers to abundant life and we won't even share it with them because we're afraid they might not like it. They might curl up their nose at us. They might also go to hell forever. And we're afraid they might like, what an idiot. Or might think of us where we're stupid or we're too religious or we're uh, holier than thou or whatever. Guys, we need some humble pie. We need to humble ourselves and realize it's not about us. It's about what God wants in his heart, what he wants. 
So here we also see a connection with physical healing and hearing the God, God's voice more clearly through fasting. He said, then your healing will come speedily, come quickly. It's not a recipe, but, it's also, but it is a factor. Amen? All right. Then goes on, God goes on to tell them what will happen if they fix their fasting. It says, if you take away the yoke from your, your midst, the pointing of your finger and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness. Your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Do you see this? Okay. Verse 12. Then from among you, among us, shall we build the old wasted places. Places that have been thrown away as waste. Ah, uh, we'll never fix this. Uh, that's, that's too far gone. We're going to recover and rebuild the old wasted places. We're going to raise up foundations that's going to last for many generations. It's not going to affect just this generation, but going forward into many generations to come. And you should be called the repair of the breach and the restorer of the streets to dwell in. We are the repairers of the breach. We're to plug that hole in the wall. We're to, with our prayer, with our faith, with our belief in God, he's asking us to lay down our lives for somebody else. Us to pray, us to fast and believe. There's been a breach in this nation. There's been a breach in the church. There's been a breach of the demonic into this place. And we need to plug that hole with our prayer and faith. Amen? It's our time to shine. It's our time to do these things. And we will not shine until we humble ourselves, but then our dark, the darkness around us will shine like the noonday. Darkness is going to flee. When the light flicks on, the darkness goes. And it has, to, it has to come through prayer. Even the best prayer meetings sometimes can be boring compared to like explosions and bombs going off your favorite Marvel show or TV or whatever. That's why the devil has some of those things for our entertainment. We get so addicted to entertainment that we can't kill our flesh to the things that God wants us to do. It's a direct conflict to where God wants to take us, is our, is our flesh. Amen? Amen, oh me, oh my. I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching with you. I mean, I'm included, okay? I, I'm definitely not saying I'm holier than thou. I, I'm, I don't know what God's going to be telling me on this thing to give up or stop or whatever, but I hope, with the grace of God, I'm going to say yes to him and no to other stuff. Because somebody, somebody out there needs a breakthrough. I might not even have met him yet. You might not have met him yet. But when the day comes and you do, you want to know that you're ready and Christ has given you a word of, and all of a sudden, their bonds are loosed. Their yokes are broken. The demonic strongholds come off. So again, this, these verses promise the connection to strengthen of our bones. Uh, our, will be our We'll be like a watered garden even in drought. We will build places or people that were previously left to waste. Uh, that what side of the tracks or that part, uh, they're, they're too far gone. Not to God. Not in God's mind. And we'll be called repairs of the breach and restore the streets we dwell in. Amen. And I believe God is calling us to fast for these things. Okay, about wisdom and understanding and clarity. Daniel uh, 10, 1 through 14 it's an amazing story. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. So he said some understanding of it, but not much. So he went on this fast for 21 days 
for more understanding to something that wasn't even going to really affect him. He found out later, this is for a time way far off. It's not for your time. That's, that's sacrifice. Amen? So verse 2. In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three weeks. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the sea of the great river, that is uh, Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with the gold of uh, Euphus. His body was like burl, his face like the appearing of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words were like the voice of a multitude. You may, can't promise it, but you may have an encounter with either this is either this is God Himself, Jesus incarnate, or an angel of God. One it's it's one of those, right? You may have some kind of supernatural angelic encounter when you're fasting where Jesus or an angel of God might come to you and give you this whole message that you may not get unless you're uh, seeking God's face for these things. The hungry shall be satisfied. The problem is with the churches, most of us are already satisfied. We're satisfied with our bills are paid, uh, our family's okay, we're doing okay compared to our neighbors or whatever, and that's good enough. And guys, that's not good enough for God. It's not good enough for the kingdom. God wants more, amen? I really believe that. So um, he had this supernatural encounter with God after, in his fasting. Verse 7, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but in great terror fell upon them, so they fled to hide themselves. <laughs> That's amazing. So they're down by the river, Daniel and some of his friends. Daniel sees Jesus or an angel. They don't see anything, but they know something supernatural is going on, and they took off running. They just, we're out of here. But Daniel stays. Verse 8. Therefore I left alone, I was left alone. I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me. For my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. And yet I heard the sound of his words. And when I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Either he fell down willingly or he fell down under the power of God. We don't know, but his face is on the ground because he came into encounter with God. Boom. Everyone else leaves. He's there. Now, many of you have had encounters with God like that before, but guess what? Once is not enough. Once is not enough for me. I remember when I had different people, men and women of God, pray for me. I tried to stand. Some, and, and, I, and I've had times, other ones, they try to push me down. and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're praying for me and they're pushing me or putting their foot behind me almost to trip me or something. Like they're going to, because it might make them look more spiritual if they fall or something. I don't, I don't know their motives. I don't care either. But, but um, there's other times I've had people pray for me. And I locked my legs. I braced myself. I'm like, boy, if I'm going down, I'm going down. I'm not going to fake this thing. I'm going to know it was God, not this guy pushing me. And guess what? I went down. And those times I couldn't get off, off the ground. Other times I could have just, I could, other times could have got up just like that. But other times I was just like, it's like I was pinned. Like God's like, you are not moving until I'm done with you. And uh, anyway, it's a good experience. If you haven't experienced it, you can. Uh, verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the, the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. And stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. 
While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Verse 12. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. He came because of the words Daniel prayed the first day. Now, if Daniel changed his prayer day two or day three or anywhere between day one and 21, I'm not sure if he would have had this encounter because God responds to faith. He does. Amen? All right, verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I have been left alone there with the, the king of Persia. Sometimes there are delays. You don't understand why. But sometimes there's things going on in the spirit realm you don't see or understand. And guess what? He got understanding. When he got there, he told him. Wisdom, revelation, understanding, things about right now, why it took so long for the answer, and what's going to happen in the future were revealed to Daniel as he went through this, what called a Daniel fast. And honestly, I find the Daniel fast harder than a regular fast because I'm looking at all the things that I can eat, but I'm also, while I'm looking at the things I can eat, I'm seeing all the things that I can't. And when I'm fasting a full fast, I don't even look in the cupboard or the fridge because I know there's nothing in there I can have. <laughs> I just go for the water, you know. But the Daniel fast, sometimes it's tough. I remember I was about a week in, in Virginia, and we went to a church outing, a pastor's leadership thing. There's about probably several hundred pastors and leaders there. And uh, they had this fellowship meal afterwards. And, man, they had this big thing of chicken wings like this. I'm like, man, they never have chicken wings, this thing. I've been here a bunch of times. They never have them. I'm like, I like chicken wings. Like, I want some chicken. I'm totally starting to feel like I'm starting to drool. Like, man, I'm tired of the lettuce. I've had lots of potatoes. I, I want some chicken. And I'm just had to, like, I got to sit, like, way over here because I almost feel like my body's, like, like almost shaking because I want that so bad. My flesh wants it. Maybe you haven't been there uh, before. But I'm telling you, it's a dying to your flesh. And some of the dying doesn't feel great. Amen? All right. So as a result of Daniel's fasting, he had a supernatural visitation from heaven, and he received wisdom, clarity, and revelation knowledge from God, personally. I can't promise it's going to happen to me, you, or anyone else. But I, do can tell you, I will tell you this, that wisdom and revelation understanding will definitely come. Whether you see Jesus or not, I can't guarantee, but you might. It's in the Bible. You might. You might not. But either way, but wisdom will come when you humble yourself. So... Um, and last but not least, is there biblical precedence for a nation or nations to be changed through the power of prayer? And it's absolutely yes. It's absolutely yes. Think about uh, Jehoshaphat. He had three kings coming against Judah. He's a king of Judah. They're ready to slaughter them. They had no possible way they can win. You guys know this story. We read this part to you, Second Chronicles 20, 3 and 4. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah that came to seek the Lord. Now verse 21. And when they consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord, who should praise the beauty of his holiness. And as they went out before the armies of the Lord, they were singing, or singing, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. In faith. In faith, amen. Verse 22. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. 
Now, we're not praying and fasting for anyone to die that we don't like or care for. That's not, but God's going to kick some tail in the spirit realm and beat down some demons or whatever, and he's going to take care of the darkness around us when we pray and fast and believe God for things to shift. Our battle's not against flesh and blood. It's against rulers, principalities, and powers, and we have to partner with what God's doing. So their nation was radically delivered from the enemies through prayer, through fasting, and worship. I love what Sean Foyt's doing uh, around the country. Let us worship. If you haven't seen any of his stuff, it's challenging. It's inspiring. Um, they started on the Brooklyn Bridge. No, um, the bridge in San Francisco, Golden Gate Bridge in 2020, and it's gone out all around where he's just like, let us worship. He's gone into the darkest parts of the country during the Black Lives Matters, during the Antifa riots in Portland and all that kind of stuff. He was going right down in there and let us worship, and people are getting saved and baptized in the back of trucks and stuff. He's being bold. He's being bold, amen? So a nation can be delivered today. How about Esther? Think of the story of Esther. Evil Haman uh, sought to destroy all the Jews because he hated Mordecai. He hated him. He was jealous of him, hated him. And Esther was the adopted daughter of Mordecai, who became one of the many queens of the king at that time. And Haman was very rich and powerful, very influential, kind of like rich people, some rich people today that are, are, have political power and lots of money. And he went to the king and he tricked him into letting him kill all of the Jews and offered to give him 10,000 talents of silver if he would to put in the king's treasury if he'd allow him to kill them. Now, you think, well, how much is that? That's roughly 40800000 today. It wasn't a small bribe. It wasn't a small thing. It was $40,800,000 American dollars today. So he had a lot of money. He was going to give that much, okay? So you see he was rich, wealthy, and very influential. And he went to the king, and uh, the king agreed to this because he probably wanted the money. And they sent this notice throughout the land that on this certain day, all these Jews are going to be killed. Well, Esther hears about it in the king's decree, and she calls all the Jews together to fast. I'll show you this in Esther 4, 15 and 16. And Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews who are uh, present in Shushan and, sit and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So she wasn't permitted to go to the king unless she was invited. But she went in, and the king welcomed her in. And then he told her, uh, they, she, he invite, she invited him to dinner, also with uh, Mordecai, no, with uh, Haman, I mean. And uh, they had to get together for this meal. But during the meal, she revealed to him what was going on, that Haman was trying to kill her and all her family. And he, he, the king was furious. He was enraged. He didn't know that Esther was a Jew. So he goes outside to cool off. He's angry. He's mad. The king is mad. How could this guy do this to me? While he's out there, Haman's in the room with Esther alone, and he's begging for his life. Please don't kill me. Please don't let them kill me. And while he's begging for his life, Esther's sitting on the couch. He trips over something, falls on top of her on the couch, and right then the king walks in the door. It's one of those like, commercials, like, uh, you want to get away? You know those commercials? Like, it wasn't quite what it looked like. But the king says, will you also assault the queen while I am in the house? He was ticked. And right then he's like, he sentenced him to death. And he was, he was uh, killed on the very 75-foot-tall gallows that he built out of his own money to kill Mordecai. He himself hung on that in his own backyard. It's the power of God through prayer and believing God for a nation. Deliverance. Prayer. 
fasting, asking God what you're doing, partner with him, and believing God for breakthroughs. God is the God of breakthroughs, but he partners with faith. He always moves by faith, okay? So I'm going to close with this. We are starting this fast today, going through April 16th, the day before Easter. And we are, I am, we are believing God for breakthroughs. When I did my first Daniel fast years ago, I remember a, a few days after it was over, I was like, God, I did this fast, went no food for a long time, but I don't really see anything different in my life. I didn't see anything happen. But a short time later, I was introduced to inner healing ministry, which absolutely changed my life. I had some family inner healing through my dad, my grandfather passing away, some other inner healing clothes. There was a lot of things that happened when I look back now, but the day or two after the fast, when I was like, did I do that for nothing? It's not for nothing. Amen. God's going to break through. So we're believing God for breakthrough in this church, breakthrough in our marriages, families, and communities, breakthrough in wisdom, understanding, revelation, knowledge, and breakthrough for this country, our state, and around the world. And our God is big enough to do it. We're not the only ones praying. We're not the only ones fasting. Joe and Millie told me, I think last week during the fellowship meal, they went to a church in Florida, and they started their prayer meeting at 6 on a Friday night, wasn't it? When they were there past 1130 at night. I mean, and it was, what do you say, like four or 500 people there or something, or something like that? Guys, people are praying all over the country, all over the world, but I want to get in with what's going on. I don't just watch the news to find out what's going on. I want to get in the spirit with God to find out what's going on. And how he wants me to be a part of the solution. We are solutionaries. We're problem fixers. We go to God for those things. We don't just watch the news and find out what the devil's doing. We go to God, find out what he's doing. Then we part with what he's doing. And then things shift around us. Light turns on, darkness goes. Darkness has to flee from the light. Amen? So um, there are many different fasts. Today we saw three different fasts. We saw the one-day fast King Jehoshaphat ordered Judah to do. Then uh, three-day with Esther, three days, no food, no water for the Jews there. And, uh, and in 21 days, Daniel fast uh, that we saw in, in Daniel chapter 10. Personally, I am going to do the Daniel fast. I am not telling you that you have to do that. It is not easy, okay? Uh, it isn't easy, but you can do it, especially if, you, if God tells you to do it and the grace of God is there to do it. But um, you, you can also fast one meal a day. You can fast two meals a day or all three. A combination of things like one or two meals and, and then fast your snacks you do in the evening or something. There's different ways God can lead you into these things, but God wants us to fast. And part of the fasting is food. Every fast in the Bible always had to do with food. We have, there's, you can also combine it with other things like TV, Facebook, your cell phone, whatever. You can add those things into it, but if you're doing that only, it might not be a real fast. And if you already skipped breakfast, um, that doesn't count. So if you skip breakfast already, and then you're, and then it's like I'm starting today. Like, you're, if it's not, if it doesn't touch you. It's not going to touch God. You're already missing breakfast. You skip breakfast, and you're going to count as a fast. That's not a fast. Daniel said, "I'm not going to give God anything. Didn't cost me something." If you, we have to feel it. We have to feel hunger. We have to feel it. And if we don't feel it, we might not be doing it. I, I hope you're hearing me right. I'm not again not saying works, but it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. It's, I'm setting aside time, I'm setting aside food, I'm setting aside everything to get along with God and find out what do you have to say to me? What do you want me to do? What's my part to play in this? And uh, I'll be sending out different prayers, different things through the 21 days. We're focusing on Jerusalem this day or focusing on this this day or whatever. Not that it limits you, but just to give some prayer focus points. And I, I, I have to see something change. I have to. 
I'm just not content. I'm not satisfied. I come back from Uganda, and I, I miss the... I miss walking in the, the power and the anointing of the apostle when I'm over there, and I come back and I'm just like, I want to see more. God doesn't just care about them. He cares about all of us. And we need breakthroughs in our homes, don't we? Do, we, do you have family members that are lost? Do you have family members that are tormented by demons? Then guess what? Somebody has to sacrifice and lay down their lives for the sake of somebody else. And who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? So... So one possible fast is the Daniel fast you can do. If you do the Daniel fast, just, just cover this quickly, what you can and can't eat. All right? If you're not doing well, just bear with me for a few minutes, but you can eat vegetables, fresh or frozen, dried, canned, whatever. You can eat fruit, same fresh or frozen, um, no sugar added. You can have whole grains like barley, brown rice, oats. Um, it says purple rice, I don't know, what that, wild rice, whole wheat, rye, and quinoa. Uh, I, I don't know, that's a weird word, but anyway, <laughs> you guys know what it is. Then you can have beans, black beans, kitty beans, lentils, peanuts, pinto beans, stuff like that. And you have nuts, unleavened bread, herbs, spices, seasoning, and your beverage is water and some juice that doesn't have sugar added, okay? What you cannot eat is pretty much everything else. But um, alcohol, you can have foods with sugar added to them. No artificial sweeteners, brown sugar, corn syrup, honey, uh, Molasses, etc. Can have meat, dairy, and eggs, yeast, refined grains like white rice or white flour, processed food, any food uh, with artificial flavorings, colorings, chemicals, and stuff, which covers a lot nowadays. <laughs> and then uh, fried foods, corn chips, potato chips. As I was doing the Dana fast last time, I thought potatoes, chips come from potatoes. But uh, I can have potatoes, and I did definitely. I definitely did that. Uh, see here, I'm not supposed to do that. French fries, uh, fried vegetables, chocolate, and caffeinated drinks are all on the no-no list. But I'm telling you, when you get hungry, you start to, um, what's the word? You start to compromise a bit in your brain of like, oh my gosh, like potatoes come from French, come from, uh, pota- French fries come from potatoes. I should be able to have this. But basically, if it tastes good, it sounds like we're not supposed to have it. <laughs> okay? So I want you just to ask God. You're not all probably called to do this. Uh, it is challenging, but it's not impossible. Uh, and the rewards far outweigh you're missing a food for a little bit of time. You may lose a few pounds, may do some benefits to your heart, your arteries, who knows what all benefits it, it will do. But uh, God has a reason for calling people to fast for many reasons, and they're all good. I want you to stand. I'm going to read this uh, Isaiah 58, those verses again about the fast. Like Laura said with the lenses, is there a version of what God wants in his heart different than what we see right now? Is there? I think there is. And even before COVID, even before recent craziness, even then, there was still a vision that God had in his heart that differs from what we see. In Isaiah 58, 6, it says, Is this not the fast I've chosen? to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Guys, that's what Jesus did. He went on doing good, healing all that were oppressed for the devil because God was with him. Acts 10.38. 
It says, then your light shall, shall break forth. So there's a breakthrough. Break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. You shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. The Lord will guide you continually. That's an awesome promise. And satisfy your soul even in drought. Strengthen your bones, and you shall be like a watered garden and like a, a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, not just this one, but many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of streets to dwell in. Guys, if there's ever been a time where you've been alive, that this was needed, it's today. It's today. We've never seen our country look like this. We've never seen evil so bold, so brass, so in our face. And um, God wants us to do something about it in humility, in prayer, in fasting, not in hate and anger and whatever, but in humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God and praying and seeking God's face. What does he want us to do? What does he want us to do? And then we'll be the restorers of the breach. Amen. Then the light's going to click on and darkness is going to flee. Amen. It is possible that in our generation, in this generation alive right now, it is possible to see things like we've never seen before. Things that were prophesied back in Azusa Street days in 1906. We talked about 100 plus years from now, there's going to be another revival going to break out like this one. But it's going to be greater than this one. It's going to make this one look tiny. And this one's not going to be just in one place like it was in L.A. It's going to be all pockets all over the world. All over the world. And guys, that's what we're contending for. That's what we're fighting for. That we become one of those hot spots. We become one of those places where, where people can't even drive by our church without the power of God hitting them. And they're getting set free and their bonds loose from them. And they're getting chains broken off and things change in our lives. If there's no change in our lives, what good is Jesus doing in our lives in our community? If there's no change. There has to be power. There has to be a demonstration of the power of God. And we have to get there by prayer and seeking God's face and humility. It, I'm telling you, I, I'm not excited about fasting either, but I am excited about breakthrough. I'm excited about people's lives being changed. I'm excited about when I hear testimony of someone's marriage being restored. I'm t- when a kid comes off of these certain drugs because of some kind of whatever's going on in their life, all of a sudden their, their mind gets touched in a certain way and they're healed, delivered, don't need it anymore. I'm excited about that. We want the testimony sometimes, but we don't go through the test. And we can't have the testimony without the test. And, t- and fasting is a test. It's going to be a test of your flesh all day long. Uh, when someone offers you something, they're like, oh, I can't have that today. And you want it. Like everything you want, you're like, oh, gosh. And you say, no, I want God more. I want God more. I have to see that breakthrough in that home. I have to see the breakthrough in my cousin's life, my family's life. So, guys, I, um, that's my heart. Um, again, if you don't feel to do it, don't do it. But I want to encourage, I, I think everybody in here can at least fast something. A little bit. Very little, at least you could fast a meal a day. You're not going to die. I promise you, you are not going to die. Your flesh will die, but not you. And the real you, he who lays down his life will find it. He who finds his life loses it. You want to find real life? We have to lay down our flesh, our life, and find out what does God want in us. 
I'm telling you, the things on the other side of this and the other side of there'll be future fast, the other things, is so glorious, our brains can't conceive it right now. No mind has, no eye has seen, no mind has conceived or entered in the thoughts of man what God has prepared for those he loves. We haven't even comprehended it yet. But I'm telling you, it's the time is right now. It's right now. So I want to pray. Um, I don't know. Some of you might need to come to the altar for a while. I'm not trying to rush the service. I'm not trying to prolong it either. But God is doing something in my heart. I can feel it. And I, think, I don't think it's just me. Um, I've seen a post this week, a bunch, where you get, need to get rid of the church stage and come back with the church altar. I get what they're saying there. I, I don't fully agree with it, but I do agree with this. Like, we have to pray. If we have the perfect worship band, the perfect worship sound, and I come in with my iPad, my, my tight jeans, but I don't have that type of... <laughs> or you have the look that the super cool church is... What good is it if we don't have God? What good is it if it looks hip, cool, whatever? If we don't have God here, if we don't have the power of God manifesting daily in our lives, it's not enough. It's just not enough. It's not about us. It's about somebody else that really needs God. They're desperate. They're killing themselves right now because they don't know God. People are literally killing themselves because they don't know God. They're demonized, and we have to help. 